0: And uh, Let's see what chat was saying while I wasn't being aware of what the hell I was actually doing. Uh, Everyone can see our shame. Oh, (laughs) I saw Brandon go oopsie, and I thought he just like fat fingered something. I didn't actually realize that uh, you guys could see us. Uh, The only people who cannot currently see our shame are the people that are listening on Spotify uh, or Apple or Google Podcasts. By the way, if you are... I finally did my due diligence as a creator and producer to go and look and see if anybody's actually listening. 71 of you have subscribed to the Spotify channel. Thank you very much. And I don't know who else listens on the other two. Uh, I did it because Android users yelled at me or whatever. People who have moral objections to Spotify. They're like, what not you put on the other ones? So whatever. It all gets published <laughs> in the same RSS feed. Uh, but thank you for being on there. I appreciate it. Uh, I, 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 I've uh, 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 consume content, mostly in au- audio form. So I appreciate when everybody else does that. So they can't see our shame, but they can damn sure hear it. It uh, is associated with my very family lineage. My name is Danny Akotsky. I work here at Trimark along with my compatriots, Brandon and Jake. If you are looking at the video, you can see their are Jake is at dot, dot, dot horse. Brandon is at Tech Brandon. I am at, uh, as Lintal has dubbed it, Dekaki, which is, uh, I, it's pe- some people are like, oh, we just thought that was like some kind of like Hawaiian hacker term, man. But nah, bro, it's literally like my first initial, last name. It's just, you happen to be able to use like a, like a, a vowel and a consonant right next to each other and it makes a word. So um, there's that. And so if you're on Spotify, there's a whole bunch of information. Uh, you can go check us out. But the most important person here, aside from our chat, hello, Matt, hello, J Hacker Maker, and this is Phil Wiley on screen with us. Uh, he is Philip Wiley, at Philip Wiley on Twitter, and uh, the dude wrestles bears for a living. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that he really does anything else. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> not much.
2: Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be joining you guys today, and by the way, for people that are on... On uh, Twitch, the Hacker Maker, that is my handle and my channel there. So.
0: Oh, hey, that's awesome. So uh, most of the people I just mentioned are us that are in are in the uh, the Twitch channel. It is another Friday. It is another happy hour. We do this every week. I had promoted that Lit Moose was going to be joining us, but sadly pulled away for actual work she had to do. Um, you know, that pesky incident response stuff. Friday (laughs) afternoon right isn't that that's the time I I felt bad enough that she got pulled away and I felt twice as bad that I realized it's a Friday and I realized that if you if she has to get pulled away for a thing and she gets called in she is the big guns you call in she is the um, she is not the first line uh, of people just triaging things she is she is the sword. She is the one that comes in and figures all that shit out. So whatever it is, I can tell you she's not having fun. Uh, so, But we do have Phil, uh, which actually works out. Phil, you are, God, among so many other things, you are a content creator. You uh, have your own show. Uh, I just did your show. We just released that episode. So this comes at a very convenient time for us. I had a lot of fun doing that, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for being on. It was, it was a fun episode, and and that was kind of some
2: strategic uh, publishing there. I dropped decided to drop the episode before this Very to slick. kind of help build some kind of synergy for us both. Did
0: you just use the word synergy on this podcast?
3: Yes, <laughs> we said you can't say naughty words, Phil. Yeah, we said we try to keep it.
0: this show
2: clean. <laughs> God
3: damn it! Actually, a fact that most people don't know, I used to have
2: a side business doing web design, and the name of the company was Net Synergy. Oh.
0: Oh, I'm sure that's a, it's a great name to get like executives attention and stuff, right? Like, like, uh, like synergy and insight and, and vision and things like that. Right. It really gets really rolls right off. Paradigm. (laughs) This
2: this was, yeah, this was over 20 years ago before the word got worn out.
0: (laughs) Paradigm shift. (laughs) Phil, for people who don't know you, uh, and shame on you if you don't, by the way, um, what do you do? Where are you from? What's going on? Like, where, where, where'd you come? Where'd you come from? What'd you do?
2: So, sure, my background. I've been in cybersecurity for a little over nineteen years. Uh, six years of IT before I got into into security. Most of my security career has been in the offensive security side. So, I've done that for a little over eleven years. Worked in consulting. I uh, used to teach at Dallas College. I taught pen testing, web app pen testing. There, my actually my lecture that I gave my class that end up becoming my book, The Pentester Blueprint. So that was the lecture I gave a class each semester, and I started teaching January of 2018. And by November 2018, I turned it into a conference talk, gave it at a bunch of conferences. I was in the Tribe of Hackers Red Team book, and Wiley Publishing asked me if I had book ideas, so I decided to make a book out of out of that conference talk. So those are kind of some of my background. Currently, I work for a company called Cy. It's spelled C Y E. I work in evangelism there and marketing, so I do webinars for them, speaking at conferences, and uh, doing workshops and stuff. So a lot of things I was doing on my own out of my own budget. Now I've got someone else to send me to conferences to do that for them. So, so it's been a good change.
0: Where can people find where can people find that uh, your the your 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 new endeavor, your new podcast? Yeah, if you go to philipwileyshow.com,
2: it will give you all of the different links. I'm on Spotify and YouTube video-wise, all the other platforms are audio. I'm even I even submitted the RSS feed to iHeartMedia, uh Pandora, just about any place you can put it that's it's out there.
0: How 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 long ago? I have I've wanted to write a book. Um, I have neither the intelligence uh nor the attention span to do it. I have a lot of Adderall stockpiled and there's not enough there to finish uh <laughs> let alone one chapter an entire book. Pentester Blueprint, how long ago did you write that?
2: That was released back in 2020. Ooh. So I started started writing the book. I guess it was like the spring of twenty twenty, I believe, and then it was released by uh by like November of twenty twenty. Um, so it's done. It's done pretty well. When I wrote the book, there was no books out there.
1: Oh, look at Brandon sucking up. Look at that. I was oh, going to say, awesome. I got, I've got it in my, I Thank tried to listen to the audio book. By the way, it does not work well as an audio book. I will tell you that. Oh, really? oh, <laughs> too many, too many like, you know, graphs and charts uh, and, and, you know, bulleted points. And I was like, I just got to buy the book. It's fine.
2: <laughs> nice thing is, it's a quick read. It's fast. And, and I like things to be short and to the point. I don't like a lot of fluff. So that's, kind of the way doing presentations and other things. But it was an interesting experience. It was a bigger commitment, a lot more work. And at some point, at points, I was ready to to stop writing it. But since I signed the contract and already told people I was writing a book, it got to the point where I was either going to do self-publish, but I thought, I've already signed a contract. I said, I'm doing it this way. And so what I did, I had about 80% of the book written. And so I took on a co-author. I invited Kim Crawley to help me finish the book out. And she did some interviews with different people, on their pen testing careers and like the idea for different jobs that are relatable to pen testing. That was one of her ideas. And she just kind of helped fill out the book. Cause at the point, this point I was ready to be done with it. And I thought, no, nah, I've already told people since I told people and committed to it, I had to, to finish it, but actually consider it doing it again. It's been long enough. It's almost like, you know uh, you know, women go through having a baby and it's such painful traumatic experience, but enough years go by and they do it over again so it's kind of the same thing it's uh it's been long enough that i've forgotten about the pain that that i'm
0: considering doing it again (laughs) let's not let's not ever revisit us saying hey we wrote we wrote a book it's lot like having a baby (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure somebody (laughs) somewhere is going to take issue with that however it's basically the same thing right it's like having a cat is like having a
1: child well
2: just to, to, just to kind of uh, disclaimer, I know it's a lot tougher to have a baby and, and all that, but just uh, just saying that they as know, far as forgetting know. and, do and
0: deciding to do it again, you know, being being a glutton, glutton for punishment. <laughs> I'm marking that for one of our highlight reels. Uh, if, today in this interview, uh, author, teacher, cybersecurity expert uh, gives a talk on how writing a book and having a baby are the same thing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> they get it's fine. Um, how do you so how did so it got published? You said what to, towards the end of 2020? Yes, yep. How did like lockdown affect that? Like, did you freak out? Like, did it delay anything? Or it really kind of missed the
2: opportunity of doing. I mean, I still got to do book signings. I, I did one last year at RSA since I spoke there. They had my book in the bookstore. Fortunately, this year it was back again. Uh, but, you know, I've been doing some book signing since then. I used to work for Psycognito and they bought books several times to do book signings at conferences. Uh, there's a group of people here that run, ran this conference earlier this year called DFW Infosec Con. Uh, they run the the, the uh, CISO XC conference series here and they bought like 150 of my books to give away and do a book signing. So, those, so it's kind of worked out to where I'm getting to do the book signing. But at the time, When uh, going through lockdown, I just kind of thought, yeah, there's all these opportunities to do book signings and I'm not going to be able to do it. But I got to do it after the fact. But it just it just kind of uh, the the experience and the joy of being author, not getting to connect with people in person was kind of delayed. And that's one of the best parts. So that's my two favorite things about writing the book and, and podcasting is getting to meet people in person that your books helped. Or, you know, is getting to meet people through, you know, those media sources that otherwise you wouldn't have met. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book because I was on a CFP committee for B-Sides DFW back during lockdown. And one of the, the person that coordinated B-Sides said, you know, on the, if yeah, if someone's given a talk, given the talk before consider whether we accept it. One of the things I shared with them is that talk, if it hasn't been given here, because so many times I gave that Pentester blueprint talk that people didn't hear it, hadn't heard of it. All these, you know, there's videos of it on the internet from the talks. No one sees it. And I thought, yeah, with a book, this gives an opportunity to share that information with people that are nowhere, that's not in the InfoSec community. We're not connected on social media. They don't know any of my connections, but they're able to run across it in a bookstore. Right with the podcast, they're able to run across it on the different podcast platforms.
0: Um, so it's now that we're on books, I'm, I've I always am curious about people who have written them. What the process was like? When we were at Schmoo, uh, I got to sit down with uh, Bill Pollock from uh, No Starch Press, and we talked a lot about publishing. We talked a lot, and he's like, he's the owner, right? Like talked about it from that, yeah. from that part, like how things start, how people get in touch with them. When you wanted to write, like what, when when you first said I'm going to write this thing, did you already have? general outlines like what what happens when you sit down at a keyboard or like i almost said typewriter because i'm just almost that old um <laughs> like what happens when you sit down and be like all right i said i'm gonna write this book do you already have a deal at that point or you did you then shop it to somebody else like how do you start do you just like in the beginning like there were filthy pen testers
3: i don't know
2: <laughs> well I had an outline because the, I had the conference talk and which was previously a lecture at Dallas College so I had kind of an outline from that. It's just kind of flushing it out because there was a lot of things I shared was different education resources, courses you could take, certifications. But then it was filling in more of the details. I told the different types of pen testing during the talk. But in the book I made reference to like the penetration testing execution standard because that's really a great resource and there's a lot of uh, good folks that help build that out and it's one of my go-to uh resources and probably one of the most up-to-date ones out there because there's other ones out there but they're like a couple years or several years behind. But you've got people like Dave Kennedy that wrote that, uh Chris Nickerson from Layers Consulting, uh Dark Tan I mean not Dark Tangent, but Dark Operator, Carlos Perez, uh Joe M- Joseph McClure or and so there's different a lot of different people in the industry that were experts and it wasn't just the an academic resource. So I use things like that to share in the book because I think it's a good resource and just kind of fill it out with those because when you only have 30 minutes to 45 minutes to give a conference talk, you're limited in what you you can give. So like I said, I was about 80% of the way through with the book when I was writing it, but yeah, I had an outline for it. They ask for a book proposal. They'll send you a form that you fill out with an outline of the book and uh, the kind of number of pages that you expect it would take. And that's probably one of the most challenging things at first is trying to guesstimate how many pages the book's going to be. So I think, that's you know, was... it being like 160 pages, but it's really hard to kind of guess.
1: Yeah. It seems like how would you know, unless you've got the majority of the book done, you know, and why would you do the majority of the book if you don't have a deal and it's kind of, yeah, chicken yeah. and egg problem kind of going on there. So
2: I do know someone that kind of did it that way though. There's a guy, Justin Hutchins, that goes under the handle Hutch. He's got a book coming out on weaponizing AI. And so this is, he wrote the book and he was looking for a publisher and I made the introduction to Wiley Publishing, my publisher, but he pretty much had the book wrote. So he just, there'll be some cases where they'll go through there. The tech editors will go back, even though it could be technically correct. They want to reword things. They want to add things to fit the format of their book. And that, that process can take a while there because once the book was completed, I think we had it completed completely written because kudos to Kim when I brought her on I was amazed at her work ethic and how much she was able to produce on that book but I brought her on board probably about March or April and the book was completed because actually I believe I actually started the book in 2019 now that I remember correctly it was towards the end of 2019 so when I brought her on she said yeah I, think I could have this done by like June or July and sure enough it was done by then but then going back doing the edits having the tech editors and I don't think there was much edited there it was just a lot of the way we you know worded things and just adding things to the book and it was kind of cool one of my former students and someone I mentored uh actually did the the art for the book i gave my daughter her first dibs cuz she's a graphics designer but she's too busy for it so one of my former students created the art for the book
0: i actually just, oh, cool. I, I just envisioned like, that, I, for some reason, whenever somebody mentions their daughter, I assume the daughter's, like, at least, like, at, at most seven years old. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Uh, like, how one of our guys, uh, 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 Jim, is going to write a thing. He's like, what do you think about if I do my artwork in Microsoft Paint? I was like, please do it in Microsoft Paint. That's all I want is to release that. Um, I, I suddenly have an idea. I guess I, like I I've wanted to write a book, but I don't think – I still don't think I'm technical (laughs) enough. However, I could write a very entertaining, like, Blue Teamer erotic fiction. Do you guys think that that would sell? (laughs) Because people all of you have very strong feelings. It probably would. Strong feelings about logs and things (laughs) like that. Like, I think think the book at that point just kind of writes itself. Or I just feed that prompt into, like, chat GPT uh, and then see what it spits out. Um, well they refer to, to that type of content as blue anywhere one of the older school terms that's so right it's it going to be a be very blue book literally um, and figuratively um <laughs> Bandrel says, uh, uh, by the way uh, we have Bandrel, uh in, in chat Banjal is one of the senior guys over at uh, at Trusted Sack I'm trying to get him on the show and he's like oh come on I-, I don't know what we'll talk about I literally just brought up writing erotic fiction uh, <laughs> ar- around blue teaming we'll figure something out um what's your writing process like did you have like did you set aside like an hour a day a couple hours a day and what was the most like did you reach a peak of frustration where you're like i don't, I don't know what i can't do this or are yeah, you just, kinda did are you re- philip wiley and you are that damn sure of yourself that you're just like this book is done well there's there's times like
2: i said i was kind of frustrated with the book it was like this is really all, it ne- and it's really all it needed, but you had to have like a certain number, a minimum of number of pages. And I think the 160 mark was about the, the limit. So I would try to put like an hour or two into it. And the thing that did help with the lockdown is there wasn't a lot I could be doing anyway. I was, you know, can't really go outside the house and do much or anything like that. So I needed something to do. So one of the things I did during lockdown is I got a good amount of studying in. I took some diff- different courses I was going through uh rasta mouse's zero point security red team course during that
0: time yeah i went through that
2: course i also went through uh pentester academy's uh what was it uh, attacking and defending active directory went through that course during that time as well as writing so i mean it gave me time to do it it was you know now when things are back to normal you can go out do what you want to then you know there's a little more distraction but it was a little more difficult then but uh yeah, I think it would be it'd be easier now knowing what
0: I went through before, knowing what to expect. Um talk to me about uh the school of, school of Pwn. That's something that you that that you run like a, I'm on their Twitter account right now. Do you run
1: sure.
2: that?
0: I did. I founded it and started it up, but we just never did start back in
2: person. Uh what I what I did was I actually had two different meetings running. I started those Started Pone, the Pwn School project back up in t- about July, June or July of 2018, because I was teaching at the college, and then some some of the people couldn't get transferred in. that wanted to take the class, and I had this vision of offering something to educate people that they, if they can't afford it or don't have college credits to register for college, they could. There would be nothing to prevent them from taking the class because I had a couple of our uh, members from the Dallas Hackers Association community that were at colleges. They try to get transferred. They can get transferred in time. They're really a couple of really sweet kids, and I was disappointed they didn't make it into the class, so I thought, well, I'm going to start something that people can learn regardless of whether they got the money or not. They can just show up and learn, so that's where it started, so I was running a meeting in Dallas once a month and one in Denton, Texas, which is about 30 miles north of where I live here in, in Carrollton, Texas, so I was running two of those a month. The nice thing was I had a lot of uh, support from the community. The very first meeting I hosted, one of the former uh, AV guys from Dallas Hackers Association did a talk on setting up home labs. And we had like 100 people turn out for the very first meeting. And so that was, uh, so it started off pretty good. And then the pandemic, once the pandemic hit, and actually it was kind of interesting, one of the last meetings we attempted to do in person, we found out the day of the meeting that the venue had closed the restaurant closed down so we couldn't find another venue in time so fortunately i'd been streaming not really i don't know if you call zoom streaming but i was offering the meetings uh through zoom and so since i was already doing that it was easy to to pivot to virtual so we went to virtual and we got back in person i started back up the the meetings in denton texas denton's a college town there's like two universities there and a junior college And there's really no security community there. So that was the the need because in Dallas, you had Dallas Hackers Association, a local OWASP group, a local DEF CON group, an ISSA group, an ISACA group, and and ISSA and all this. So didn't really need the community. So that's what I focused on just doing the one meeting. And then back in 2021, rebranded as a DEF CON group. Because one of the things I looked at is if I ever wanted to quit hosting the meetings, and I was to turn it over, it would be much easier to turn over a DEF CON group because my group under my brand, if someone did something wrong, then it comes back on me. You know, DEF CON groups are not going to put up with that nonsense, so if I turn it over, it'll be taken Mm -hmm. care of. So I figured it was the the least headache, but one of the side effects from rebranding it as a DEF CON group, the first month we had double the attendance because people were going out to, like, the DEF CON group's website looking for – for groups in the area and they found it that way and so just the name of it the rebranding i think the pwn school thing made it sound too noobish to a lot of people so they really didn't get the interest and so so we rebranded that we still host meetings once a month but the pwn school thing never did start back but i was considering maybe getting back to the original idea of uh, educational stuff maybe even streaming some workshops and that sort of thing
3: Philip, where does that come from? From Like, because your background as an educator, like, where did that really start? Because that seems to have always been intermixed in your, like, it's part of your backbone, I suppose. But I'm kind of interesting, interested to hear yeah.
2: where that came from. It's, it's kind of my mission and purpose now because what happened was, and I, I gave my first conference talk back in 2015. I did one on web app pen testing for this conference. And I wanted to speak at conferences more, but I just really wasn't coming up with the subject. So I started teaching in January 2018 at Dallas College. And interesting thing was, my wife was going to school there for digital forensics. And her uh instructor announced the fall of 2017, we're saying they're going to have an ethical hacking class if we can find an instructor. And my wife said, My husband's a pen tester, he'd be interested. And so he kind of blew her off and asked for my resume. So I sent the resume. And he responded back after seeing my background in pen testing, and uh, he responded back, I want to work with you. So I was hired sight unseen, and it was really interesting because one of the things I've enjoyed over the years is mentoring and sharing information, because I always had people coming up to me, how do I prepare for the OSCP? How do I start a career in pen testing? So I had a lot of experience mentoring and helping people, so teaching let me do it on a broader scale, and really got to develop my teaching skills I had no classes on that. I was just going there, lecture, do some demos and teach the class. And I really loved it. And so that's kind of where I kind of turned my focus because for the longest time, I've always been competitive because I've competed in powerlifting. Uh, back when I was, before I got into any kind of professional career, uh, I one time worked for a jewelry store and I was always number one or number two salesperson and always tried, always been really competitive. So when I decided in 2018, And the thing is, just to kind of a disclaimer here, I've never thought I was ever the best pen tester, but I tried and worked really hard to be really good. But then I kind of thought, you know, I should turn my focus to what I'm best at. I'm best at mentoring and teaching, and the world needs mentors, teachers, and coaches. So that's kind of where I put that focus. And it's been really rewarding. And an interesting story that I like to share was prior to teaching and starting Pwn School, I used to watch at least 100 movies per year in theaters, And about June or July after teaching, or actually probably around summer camp time, I was looking at my list of movies and thought, I'm not going to hit 100 movies this year. One of the things I noticed was I was a lot happier. And it's just helping other people out. You know, you can only succeed and do so much on your own. But when you can help other people succeed, it feels a lot better. I mean, even the success you get personally doesn't really, isn't comparable to someone that you help change their lives. You're able to help them get a pen test job. It's improved their life. I did a lot of mentoring in the past on powerlifting, creating workouts. Someone might get a personal best on their bench press, but that feeling only lasts until, you know, they're wanting to move up and, and then or they totally get out of it. But with, you know, career stuff, that kind of sticks with people and be able to help people out. It's a lot of cases people don't have anyone in their lives that can help them. You know, a lot of people like myself, when I got into this industry, my parents didn't go to college. Uh, my dad was a welder. He dropped out of high school. My mom was a college graduate, but she had no college experience. So I had no, no one to help me out with that. So I saw really the need to help guide other people because there's a lot of people that same way. Uh, their parents may have not went to college or may have not worked in IT or security. So they got no, no one to talk to and just be able to help them get through that. I mean, that's, it's just amazing how much we can help just sharing information and resources and giving people some guidance.
1: How much, um, how different are the students that are, you know, at Dallas college versus your students that came to poem school? Like, which do you prefer? Was there, you know, cause one seems like, you know, it's just a class they have to take. Whereas the other one seem to be self-driven, but maybe one more annoying than, that. I don't know. I'm just curious. Sure.
2: Yeah. That's, and, and the way I'd categorize it, because my call my uh, class at Dallas college, when I started teaching there, I asked to offer it as continuing ed too, because there were people in the community They didn't want to register to to college, get all these prerequisites and crap just to take one class they wanted to take. And there was a a need for a college class on pen testing, you know, just something that's affordable and local that people want that hands-on experience. So the one I'd really have to say, the students I like best are the ones that want to learn because it kind of what got me eventually to quit teaching but one of the things that, and one of the reasons I continue to teach workshops is the type of student I like to teach. Someone that wants to learn that skill is fun to learn. When you have students that are just trying to get it because it's a, a required credit to get their cybersecurity degree, you know, when they don't care and they don't show up and don't want to come to class, don't want to do the work and then they under, don't understand why they failed the class or got a low grade, you know, that's kind of hard to deal with. But when you see people that are out there trying to make a career of it, wanting to learn, legitimately learn, those are the ideal students. Did did
1: they actually make that uh, continuing education? Oh, sorry.
2: Yeah, like the continuing education folks were, most of them were the mindset of wanting to learn it. There were some cases where some of them signed up for it, they thought they wanted to learn it, but they really didn't apply themselves, but it was better overall experience. Because one of the cool things was, is having Dallas Hackers Association here in the area, I had a lot of people from the community come in and take my class. I don't know if any of you all are familiar with Juno from Twitter. Yes. She works for Bishop Fox. She was one of my students. She actually one of the, my favorite stories of how I kind of helped someone was when I gave the Pentester Blueprint talk for the first time in November 2018. She had just recently moved to the community. She had probably been here maybe six months at the most, but she attended my Pentester Blueprint talk, got interested in pentesting, and so in the spring semester she signed up for my pentesting class. Took that and just went on. Has gone on to be a really badass pentester. Uh, she worked at one of the local consulting firms here. And then now she's working at Bishop Fox, uh, part of Cult of the Dead Cow. You know, speaks at all these different conferences. One of the first conferences I saw her speak at was our was besides Austin. The AV equipment wasn't working with her Mac, and at this time, Juno was probably like 22 or 23 years old. And she went to the whiteboard to whiteboard out her talk instead of, you know, she could have just looked at the slides, gave the presentation, but she didn't take the easy way out. She went to the whiteboard, whiteboard everything out. And she had this talk that she did on uh, using game theory for security. So it wasn't an easy topic to, to uh, present to begin with, but that was, was pretty cool. And there's a lot of people from the community outside of the Dallas area kind of got to see, got exposed to, to her and, and you know, her skills and stuff. So it's been a really cool story. I had another person that was a PhD student that went through my class, part of the local community. He uh, started out recording, like going through and reviewing the black box data from the yellow school buses. So if they had a wreck, if actually what he did is he recovered the data. So if those recording devices pretty much like an airplane that they get that data from on the wreck, if it breaks, then it requires someone with some hardware skills to retrieve the data. That's what he was doing. And he got into the the automobile hacking thing before he took my class, but he took my class to learn more about, you know, network pen testing. But so I had some really interesting students, some really sharp students. I had one student that was, his parents drove him into class and actually drove him into the different local meetups from East Texas. They would drive two mile or two hours to bring him here and he was like a junior in high school when he went through my class and now he's working for one password uh doing like some coding and stuff there and some security he helped them create one of the some of the the uh, algorithms or some of the encryption information they use like in one password so he's really excelled super sharp so it's really really fun to see people you know succeed and excel that way and one of the things i'm just a big fan of is people that are just really super sharp and seeing them develop, but it's also cool to see others that it's not so easy for. It's a little more difficult, but you're able to make it a little bit easier for them to, to learn.
0: Um, so by the way, a complete accident that we've had two power lifter guests on back to back weeks. Um, That's uh you know, what we have Phil, a type, we have a type, we have a type that we, that we're attracted to. Um, <laughs> Phil, I'm sure you've told this story. On other podcasts, I've asked you about it. I've, I've made memes, and, and it's one of the first things I learned about you. But I would be remiss if we didn't tell the story now, just in case like somebody's never heard it before. Uh, you are a muscular man. You are a, you are a, a, uh, a, a feat of nature, if you will. Um, God forbid that uh, one of those groups was using your name and decided to do something like, oh, I don't know, fight animals. Uh, not something you would ever do, is it, Phil?
2: Uh, I actually did. Back oh, you did fight an animal. Do tell. Yep. <laughs> I wrestled a bear, a 750-pound bear. Yeah, what did so he even do to you? In my pro... not, nothing. I kid with people, and I say, why did you fight the bear? And I kid with him. I said he was making fun of my mullet, so he wanted to sing the picture had a mullet back then. Phil was just walking days. down.
0: He was just doing, like walking down a nature trail. It <laughs> looks up, and the bear looks over at him, just like, hey, fuck you. He, he tried to take my picnic basket. He tried to take your, I wouldn't. I would not. Of all the people, I wouldn't steal food from anybody. <laughs> I mean, I would probably steal it from Jake because he eats a lot of protein. I would not steal food from from uh, from Phil
3: Wiley. So te- well, of, how does of one... All of, the things, all, of, all of the things that Philip Wiley has done, like you wrestle one bear and all of a sudden you're a bear <laughs> wrestler, right? Like... You're, you're, you murder and eat one person and all of a sudden you're a cannibal. Um, cannibal,
0: <laughs> So how did that... I mean, I was curious about the logistics of writing a book. I'm ravenous to hear about the logistics of wrestling a bear.
2: Sure. How that came about was I was I was wrestling professionally, and at the most, I was wrestling once a week. And so I w- wasn't able to do it full time, so I took a job as a, a bouncer at a nightclub. And they used to have bands like Thursday through Saturday, but it wasn't really affordable to do it on Sundays because you would hardly have any kind of turnout – And it wasn't worth the investment so they had different special events on sundays and so they decided to bring in this wrestling bear and it was open to anyone to wrestle but one of the things they did marketing wise since i was a hometown guy worked at the bar everyone knew me there they took like one of my wrestling promo pictures and a picture of the bear and used it to promote the event so that's kind of how that came about and actually i wrestled the bear twice some people don't know that full story uh the first time i wrestled the bear It was just like near impossible to do anything with the bear. And I thought that was interesting, but I won't do it again. But whoever did the best won a t-shirt that said, I wrestled Samson the bear and lost and also a bar tab. So after the bar tab, I was easily convinced to wrestle the bear again. So that picture that's out there, I know was the time I was drunk because I was wearing that yellow shirt that I won that I wrestled. I changed that t-shirt. And so I was drunk in that picture. So that's... (laughs)
0: The second time I wrestled the bear that night. I don't I don't uh I don't ever have to qualify which picture I've been drunk in. You just assume it's pretty much <laughs> <good quality. laughs> like this one, every seventh one. No, no, no. Just consider that entire roll from the month of October <laughs> to December. Danny's probably drunk in, in those pictures. Um did the best ba- so like I just had this vision. I don't know, this is one of my private things going through my head of like that bear is now shooting a documentary that like much in like the wrestler, like document, like uh, uh, <laughs> movie with uh, what's his face. Um, and the, you see the bear and you were like on the downslope of his career. <laughs> and, and, like, <laughs> he's like, he used to be big time championship holder. And then Phil walks <laughs> into the picture looking for a bar tab.
2: So he, he probably likes that movie, the reverence.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, right. the uh, Revenant. Yeah Revenant. Uh, yeah, Revenant. Yeah, Revenant. Yeah, Revenant. Yeah. All only memory I have of that movie is I watched it because I had food poisoning the day before I was supposed to give a training when I was a Mandian. So rather than give the training, I sat in the hotel room and threw up all day. And in between sessions of that, I watched the Revenant. That's my that's my <laughs> story for the day. Sad. It is sad. Um, <laughs> God, Phil. There's so much that I could. That I, could, that I could talk to you about. But, like, you seem to be a Renaissance man of sorts. I am curious what a Phil Wiley would do if you were to say, you know what, I have had enough. I don't want to see a keyboard the rest of my life. I don't, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that bear had children and there are vendettas against you, and now you have to go away somewhere. What would you do if you weren't in tech, Phil?
2: that would be really tough because i would want to do something related to tech so one of the things i really enjoy now is content creation so i can't really see totally getting away from that but if i had to totally get away from that maybe get into something uh i don't know maybe something on the craft side i see some of these people like i like think blenster's dad makes the custom knives something like that That might whole be family
0: blenster like you'd see where he got his stuff from like yeah if, if I was going to rebuild a new civilization, the first people that I would hope were not nuked in the fallout would be Blenster and his entire lineage.
2: Yeah, he'd be like the professor to your Gelligan's Island.
0: Oh my god, he's he's amazing! Like I just I cannot picture Blenster without a white lab coat on. I don't yeah. vision. I don't have a vision. I am an incapable. I mean, I'm sure if I tried hard enough, <laughs> it was the right kind of outfit. But like, he's got, he's, he's, he is, per, he is, uh, perpetually in a white lab coat. That dude, talk about like giving back to the community, right? Like that guy. Yeah. I f- follow his lead.
3: So yeah, Dan, very good. He's got go. un- unmatchable passion for that. That can go in your, uh, in your Blue Team related fantasy novel that you're writing. My,
0: my Blue Team erotic <laughs> fan fiction. Absolutely. I guarantee you, I would make at least $5. Somebody somewhere would pay $5 for a manuscript of Blue Team erotic fan fiction. I've seen some of the OnlyFans out there. I know what's possible. And Speaking I the what... OnlyFans and stuff,
2: someone, someone commented on your picture when I posted up about your podcast episode, someone saw your picture and said, he's hot. Oh, who was it,
0: Jake? It was probably no. Jake. It was it was actually Audrey Bentley. Uh, yeah, yes, she is my Twitter wife. I love Audrey. We are <laughs> we we are in a very weird committed relationship <laughs> on Twitter. Hi, Audrey. Um, despite the fact that she lives like less than an hour from me, her and I haven't yet to meet uh, in uh, in in person. Um, uh, what what what's, uh, I'm stepping all over Brandon Jake. If you got other questions for Phil.
3: So you get one compliment, Danny, and all of a sudden you're flustered.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm going to feed on that one for like the next six. Well, here's the thing. And I, I I think all of us on here, because uh, our very diverse crew right now of old white men, um, can attest to the fact that we don't get them that often. Like, right? Like, I, I mean, or maybe Phil does. Phil's beautiful. Maybe he gets them every single day. Not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: it's with me. It's it's. Off. I always kill kid my wife if it wasn't for uh senior citizen women, I would never get any compliments. Uh, by the way, Phil said, if <laughs> but, he kid, but it,
0: he kids his wife, not, my, my first thought, he's like, ah, oh, if I killed my wife. No, no, no. He, if he, he no, kids no, no. He his kids. Wife. Okay. Just it, I also, I do
2: have one story. I had like this, uh this young firefighter in Houston that he was like in his early 20s or something. He was offering to fly me to Houston to come see him. <laughs> Hold on. So there's a, that, that, that dude was, he was uh, constantly messaging me, and I kept telling him over and over again that I, you know I wasn't interested. I was married, and, but yeah, that guy was persistent.
3: But <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait a minute, I'm losing my shit right now. <laughs>
3: So, all right you're, here well, let's bring it back let's bring it back in all right so no we have to
0: address this we have it's not what it's i wasn't even listening to what phil just said i'm sorry phil i listened for the past 42 minutes but the last three i've been looking at this link that Jake i think put in the chat it's a conquered bike oh i can't do this this is a trimark podcast what's in the chat conquered by clippy an erotic short story you can edit this all out. It's I fine. will. This, as far as I'm concerned,
3: this will never have existed after today. Don, and... I tried right. to put us back on track. You heard me. And, and Danny said no. There's I'm going to clip, clip this whole part out.
0: <laughs> and, and, and people on Spotify are going to be like, what the hell happened? Um, anyway, it's free to read on Kindle. Uh, so I know what I'll be doing at 3.01 when we get done with this. Phil, we are reaching the end of our of our show here, and we like to do a little thing where we uh, think about our think about our week. If you had any wins, if you we had a better name for it last week, somebody came up with a better name. I forget what it was. Um, but uh, how'd your week go? Yeah, any wins this week, or if it all sucked, what was your most rage inducing thing of the week? We can go either way.
2: No, it went good. The new podcast, because for some that don't know, I started this new podcast, kind of independent. On my own, and starting all over, trying to build up the audience again is is kind of tough. But I'm getting a lot of feedback. Uh, had have awesome piece people like yourself on. I did a recording yesterday with with Tim Medine, so he's an episode yeah. coming out. I've got a recording with Tiberius next week, so it's 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 doing pretty well. So it's kind of good to see that people are enjoying it, getting good feedback, and uh, you know some of the guests like yourself have given me some good uh, encouragement on the, the way I do my podcast. So it's, uh, it's been good.
0: Yeah. You are a very, you are a very, uh, you're a very gentle podcaster. You're a very gentle in viewer, um, interviewer, I should say. Uh, I really enjoyed it. You have a lot of really great people on there. The audience will come. Uh, I always say like, if we're going to talk to people who want to build a thing and you'll know, still be able to get down that they don't get an audience, but like you have the right content and you have, Things people want to hear, like especially for you, like you'll you'll be okay. um God, I don't think if I if I'm sorry, I, I got to take the conquered by Clippy off of my screen. It's really it's really
1: freaking. <laughs> out. Um, I, see, Phil, I see it sitting there like ready to drop it, and I'm like, you don't do, need to do that. It's, it's okay. Uh, Phil, I'm really sorry that, that I interrupted what should be the
0: our end kind of like feel good leaving people out. um But yeah, cool. That's awesome. Thank you, Phil, for joining us. Brandon, how was your week?
3: Oh man, you're, you're throwing me off too. Yeah. Um, I don't know overall. So yeah, I had to leave earlier cause, uh, we just, we had a tree fall down. We had a pretty major storm that went through tree fell down between my house and my neighbor's house that could have easily ended up in either one of our bedrooms actually. And it fell right between the two. So, uh, just got that taken care of. It's, it's out of my yard, but there's ruts. So I don't know, there's good and bad in that there's it's, it's been in a little bit of a roller coaster of a week. Um, good stuff though. We've uh, Jake and I submitted a uh, a conference talk this morning. I submitted it. I got a couple of them submitted. So um, that's that's good news. Going to have an art- associated article and a script, PowerShell script that we're writing with that too. So a lot of cool stuff coming on the horizon. So excited about that. Um, Excited that a weekend's coming up. This is the second week in a row where I've had, because of the fourth, we had Tuesday off, and then the, pr- the previous week I had Tuesday off. And taking off a Tuesday is, like, the weirdest thing in the world because you, you come back to work on Wednesday, and it feels like both a Monday and a Sunday at the exact same time. So I'm, like, it's all kinds of screwed up as far as what day it is, so.
0: uh Jake, yeah, That's it. There you go. Thank you. By the way, I mean, we talked about this before. Before we came on the show of the whole tree clipping thing, I recently had to like chainsaw a a uh, f- uh, a felled tree in my yard, and Brenda did the quote unquote responsible thing and paid people to do it. And I was like, why don't you just get a fifty dollar like Harbor Freight chainsaw, uh, a scissor lift rental from Home Depot, and let and let Jesus uh, take the f- saw blade, you know, like just see what happens.
3: That's better than what uh, co-worker Scott told me to do, was just... I uh, embarrassed to climb it until it, it falls? And just douse it with gasoline and light it on fire. That's also, like, a wholly valid idea, I
0: think. You're, you're playing it too safe. Uh, Jake, you look like somebody who would set fire to a
1: forest near his house. How was your week? I have... I have, My house is surrounded by forest. Uh, I have almost set it on fire a couple times. Come close, for sure. Um... But no, my week was good, man. Like uh, I did a lot of coding this week, surprisingly. Um, Vision is kicking my butt, as you know. Mm, but we're we're getting there.
0: Trymarkvision.com if you want to know what that's about.
1: There we go, Vision. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I had a, a gigantic PR to the Locksmith Project this week that's going to really kind of revitalize and revamp how we do everything. And it's kind of blown my mind that there was this interest in it. So, yeah super excited to to work on that that's that's my win for the week and my daughter's having her first sleepover uh, tomorrow so uh getting the house ready for that and weird to have a small child another small child begin so i'm sure
3: godspeed jake
1: yeah, thanks. Sunday morning is <laughs> gonna be weird.
3: <laughs> two pounds of bacon Sunday morning will be required. You know, you know the
1: pound of bacon. Yeah, it's I two pounds you. on Sunday. Nope. What about you, Danny? What's what's your win for the week?
0: Oh, I don't think it wasn't. It wasn't miserable. <laughs> what's that? He's still <laughs> Did looking he just at. Die? No, I, yeah, that was that was not me breathing out. That was just one of my death rattles. Uh, no that was me trying to find out what song we're going to we're going to end today cuz now I can't figure it out. Um what was Pantera, this week? it's always Pantera. It's not fucking Pantera, please not Pantera. Um what was this week? This week Brandon just said it we started the week in like the middle of a week and now I don't know. Oh, I know. I'm just good. This is actually I do actually feel good about this, but it's also uh slightly shilling, but I don't care because I made the stuff. Uh we had, I got the TriMark newsletter uh uh finished. We have so much we okay, so like honestly, I think we're gonna do an extra stream uh next week. I, I was thinking about this. By the way, people who are in chat, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, or yes or no if you like this idea. We put a newsletter out um every month. Totally not shilly. It's it's about actual you have actual things and 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 like tools and advice and like stuff on Active Directory and stuff like that. But we have so much I want to do a show that just goes through the newsletter. I want to do a show because we, like, we send it out. People sign up for it, um, and we say, hey, dear, Mazel Tov, uh, here is a gift from us. We do it every month. But, like, I want to – there's some interesting stuff in there. I want to cover it. I want to talk about it. I want, I want to, like, show it to people. So thumbs up, hammer. Thank you. Matt says, yes. Scott, uh, uh, try Mark reads the newspaper. We do read the newspaper. We're very educated here. Um, and uh, – so, so that I want to do. I got that done. That's going to be sent out on Monday. Uh, oh, if you are in within voice of this, by the way, if you work in or have worked during or whatever uh, with cyber insurance, right? Sci- cyber insurance liability. Um, I I want to hear from you. We're doing a thing, and this is one of those things where like it's not a marketing thing. It's not a, a salesy thing. Like. We're, 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 we're picking a battle and we're going after it and we want to work with people and we want, and we want to do a thing. So if you've worked in or near or with cyber and yes, I know everybody's rolling their collective eyes. Like it's not a sexy thing or whatever, but like we got thing we, we got a thing we want to do. So that's going to be in the newsletter. But if you hear this and you say, oh shit, I know about that. Like reach out to me because we want to hear it. We also have a tweet on the Trimark Twitter, um, bunch of new content and stuff all of our uh i think we're all caught up now on youtube that i got all got done with all of our interviews uh especially brandon being the brave little toaster that he is uh his his episode of tempting the whole tempting the demo gods um so okay um looks like people are like interested in the in that thing so maybe maybe on monday when it gets released we'll just kind of sit around like if you and brandon or whoever wants to join and we'll talk about the newsletter and stuff that's in it Cause this is really cool shit. Um, yeah, I got a lot of that done. We're doing a lot. Vegas is four weeks away. We got a lot coming up in Vegas. By the way, Trimark meetup in Vegas. If you want to come hang out with us, register only because we got to decide what kind of venue we're going to go to. Um, it's going to be casual. It's going to be pool tables. It's going to be you know going to be hanging out. You'll have the Trimark team there. You'll have Sean there. So we're doing that thing in Vegas. Um, I'm taking up all of the time with all of this, so yeah, I got a I shit, I did get a lot done. It was a good week. Even the fact that it went like for oh that, oh, Investigator Chicks is already registered. Awesome, Bandra will be there as well. Uh, cool. So yes, TrimarkSecurity.com, uh, blogs, papers, research, videos, webcasts, all up on uh, hub.TrimarkSecurity.com. Scott who I did see in chat, who is our director of services here at Trimark, is doing a uh, webcast in a, in a few weeks um, talking about security boundaries and how most of you don't know what you've gotten yourselves into. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Yeah, bunch of shit. Uh, so much more than just this show that we do, but I put, I'm put i the one responsible for putting all the stuff up. So like, it's there. I know it's there. And I know you're going to like it. So hub.trimarksecurity.com. And as always... Active Directory, Azure AD, uh, vSphere, VMware. that's our bread and butter. Those are our assessments, and we got the very best people to do them, uh, like hands down, like like not even opinion wise. So if you got assessments you need done, TrimarkSecurity.com/slash/services. Next week, I don't know that we have a guest next week uh, for Friday, but we're gonna be doing the Trimark newsletter in review. Early in the week, I'm thinking probably Monday, just get it done and get it it there. Uh, And if you want to sign up for the actual things, I don't need you to read the shit to me. I just want to read it myself. The sign up is literally on top. It's like the second banner on TrimarkSecurity.com. So we appreciate you. I appreciate the living hell out of you, Philip Wiley, uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me not once but twice uh, in the span of a couple of weeks uh, and... Uh, at Philip Wiley on Twitter, you can follow him there. I highly recommend it. do you spend more time on Twitter now or are you over at the eight million other things people are telling us to sign up for I'm mainly on Twitter I'm not I'm not giving up yet I've invested too much time into it so I'm not going to the, whatever this threads thing is goddammit. it yeah it is easy to sign up for since it's
2: part of if you have an Instagram account or Facebook it's yeah, it's, it's too much easy to it's, set up my yeah.
0: take it I can't take it Phil <laughs> I mean, I'm. But it's, I'm yeah, it's, it's. I know you're older than me, like biologically, but I look <laughs> older than you. So like, I feel more weather worn than you look. Like you, you maybe mid thirties, <laughs> me, mid sixties minimum. Um. So no, I'm not doing it. So yes, follow, get get Phil on Twitter. He is there. Uh, Philip Wiley Show. Um, I'm gonna be taking the audio from our interview, putting it up on the Trimark. Uh, uh, Spotify so you can listen to it there and get linked to it from there and check out all of the things so Phil thank you thank you very much and I'm just vamping right now because I don't have my shit set up and I should have had it set up Uh, and we're going to do some Bloodhound Gang how about that Uh, ah no I started the music too early (laughs) and it was all Notes too you know what I'm going to play I mean why not it's gone so smooth yeah. yeah 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 Let's just, you know what, I'm going to start fighting. I'm going to start, yeah, it's so smooth, I didn't screw up right from the jump or anything. Uh, so, for myself, Jake, Brandon, and the legendary Phil uh, Wiley, we will see everybody next week for the newsletter in review, and Friday for Twitch Happy Hour. Uh, all right, see you. goodbye.
3: Peace, folks. Bye.